When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. Shop the Chemist Warehouse Spring Frenzy Sale and find up to half price off Blackmores and Swiss Vitamins. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepaid plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. This is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. Atamarie, good morning. A little bit of excitement coming from the studio. How good. It's Wednesday, the 14th of September. We love a Wednesday. Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SCNZ. Morena, Kempi. Oh, karere taku po, kaikirunga ki te mātenga o te kainga o te poe o te rūpo. Te narohanga o pīhanga, te kaifa o te whanganui. Ko Pukianaki, ki Turangi, ko Taranaki, ki Waitara, Tihei Muriora. Morena Parata, Paikitikiti, Tokanohi, Tatanai. Morena Izzy, bai, it's awesome. Tenei te wiki o te reo Māori, uh, Noreira Korero Māori inga Wakatoa. It's time to speak Māori whenever you can, Fano, and uh, just open with a, a Paku Mihi. Um, uh, taku taku pepeha, a small mihi to one of the uh, the corridors in my in my pepeha, talking about the mythical poakai bird that flies over the the maunga uh, Taranaki uh, from my hometown of Waitara. So uh, yeah, bro, it's a it's a good it's a good day to 
Good day to talk, uh, good week to talk in Te Reo Māori. So uh, looking forward today, man, we've got a good show on. We've got a good show on today. I'm looking forward to it. Beautiful, Kempi. Thank you so much for sharing that with us this morning. You should dead right, Te Reo Māori Language Week. Uh, not only the week, should be all throughout the year. So if you can, don't be afraid. And just on that, Mike McRoberts actually had his documentary last night and uh, talking about that and just really uh, discovering who he is and finding his identity, and uh, we're going to chat to Mike McRoberts later on in the show, 8.40ish, about that last night, and uh, yeah, it's it's one of those ones, I've always been intrigued about it, um, and who am I, where do I come from, and, and you know, just finding a bit more of an understanding on it, and the one thing, that the, the thing I've always heard when I've asked people that, um, you know, have really deep Māori connections, um, they just said, look, don't force it. When you're ready, you'll know. Mm. When you're ready, you'll know, and uh, you'll, you'll figure out and you'll, you'll really want to find out where you are and who you are and what your um, whānau and, and where everyone you know comes from and, and things like that. Just the story of yourself and, and where your whānau have been throughout the years. So, yeah, looking forward to having a chat to Mike McRoberts at 8.40ish about his journey, Kempi, and uh, seeing... Um, how that's changed his life. So, look, there's going to be an awesome chat later on in the show. But before then, Kempi, we've got a big show because earlier on we spoke to Sean Kenny Dale. He's a good friend of yours. Obviously, you've coached him and you know him very, very well. It was one of the funniest we <laughs> kind of chats I've had. <laughs> Sean Kenny Dale is over in the UK, played 342 first grade appearances in the NRL, and he's played for the Kiwis. A legend of the Kiwis team. So we had a good chat with him earlier on today. And uh, we'll play that for you just after 7 o'clock. So looking forward to sharing that with you. And then obviously yesterday we had Kirsty Stanway on. And her show last night she had Kendra Coxedge on and a, and a couple of other girls and uh, that have just made the squad. And, and uh, awesome, awesome to hear them. You know, just talking about their experiences and 740 we're going to talk about the squad that was announced yesterday. Some big, some familiar names were announced and, and were named in that squad, but some big omissions. And uh, on the other side of it, Chelsea Simple. Oh, I had to flicker a message last night because I've been in that situation mm. where I've made a team for a long time and then I've missed selection. And uh, it would have been an emotional time for Chelsea. And, um, yeah, it would have been a difficult time. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk Good about the you, squad buddy. at 7.40ish and uh, just... Share our little thoughts and insights going forward. I'm pretty excited, Kempi. That aside, I'm pretty excited going on in, in October the 8th and just knowing Smithy and what he's about. Um, mate, I was watching the news last night. I was getting a bit of, a bit of a nerve going, eh? I was, I, was, I was picturing an Eden Park sold out. That's what I was picturing. I was thinking, come on, New Zealand, let's really get behind these girls and go to Eden Park and, and support them. October 8th, they're taking on the Wallaroos. And we want to see them get lift that trophy come the end of the tournament. So let's support them. And just on that, some more rugby after 8 o'clock. We're going to talk to Graham Bashup. He played in the game in 1994, the last midweek game in Sydney against the Wallabies. We Obviously, we went down that game 20-16. Uh, to 16. There's, a, there's a famous, famous video clip in that, in that game when Jeff Wilson runs down the corner. Does the big swan dive and George Gregan, who had a full set, a full lid, I must say, comes across and 
knocks the ball out of his hands and mm. we lose that test match. So uh, the infamous midweek test against the Wallabies, we're going to talk to Graham Bashup uh, just after 8 o'clock. So a big show, big show, big uh, show. lads. I'm really looking forward to, to ripping into it. And, um, yeah, I've got no phone. So we've had to resort to the old school tactics of communication of just going through the MSN messenger pigeon on our laptops, <laughs> the pigeon. So we'll do our best, boys. If you hear me typing through the radio airwaves, sorry about that. I'm, I'm constantly sending messages through my phone. I was, I was playing a game of hide and seek last night, and I think that's where I've done it. So I was playing um, against my kids, and I always win that game. I'm just too good for them. But apparently there's a rule. Is this a rule in hide and go? I don't know, but apparently if you hide, you can't move. I've, to be yeah, honest, is that a rule? I've never ever heard of that. Never ever heard of that. Hey. I thought the I thought the purpose of hiding was not to get caught. Yeah, possum. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like you got to move, eh, hey, Louis? You got to move. Like, oh yeah, climb a tree. Like, yeah. When you're in the army, you can't stay still. Can't stay put. You got you know you got to constantly change your position, point of attack. So, mate, that's what I did, and my wife threw me out. But anyway, I must have sat on my phone. My big lump body just sat on my phone, and I've ruined the screen. I can't text. <laughs> so, yeah, but they didn't find me. That was the main thing. Right, well, especially when you've got, a, you know, you've got the army of a five-year-old and a four-year-old coming at you. Like, you can't take chances, Keep can you? on the you? move, mate. Sniper, sniper. What, what's a, oh. it's, a, it's a great question. What, Kimpy? What did you cheat? What did you cheat against your kids at? Everything. <laughs> if you spoke to my kids, they would just stay, they would just say he's a cheat. It doesn't matter what what I played him, they would say nah, just don't play him. He's a cheat. So I'm, I learned that from my mum. Oh. I'm, yeah, I blame my yeah. mum for that because my mum never <laughs> ever let me win anything. Yeah, like yeah, especially cards, mate. Like I remember saying to my. My daughter, she said, I want to play Nan in cards. And I said, no, you don't. You do not want to play her in cards. And all I remember is my mum cackling and my daughter crying. Mm. And was she cheating? Yeah. All the time. Yeah. Mum's a cheat. <laughs> Stealing cards. I spy. <laughs> I spy is a classic one. Like, oh. you've guessed everything in the history of the dictionary, starting with the letter D. And, yeah. uh, and then they'd come back and change it. Yeah. Oh, no, you didn't yeah. say that. Power pole. <laughs> Dower doll. Yeah. I said oh, P, mate. not D. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm constantly um, getting caught a cheat. And I'm not. I'm just good at the games. I'm just really good <laughs> at the games. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not cheating. You just can't admit but, it. Like, I, I play the kids at Guess Who. You know that old Guess Who game? And, you know, Tilly gets over the other side and. She picks up the card. She doesn't really hide it that well, so I might have got a glimpse of the hairdo or something, you know, like that's something not like that. No, that's, <laughs> that's gamesmanship. Keep your, no, keep your cards like, to your chest, Tilly. Hide your cards. So her mother say, Tilly, hide your cards. Your dad's a cheat. <laughs> Comes over and and then I just have to go down. Oh, does he have black hair? Well, I already know he's got curly hair. I don't know his name. <laughs> no, I just kind of keep her in the game, get it close, and then I'll just go, is that old Jim? Is that old Jim? <laughs> and just win the game. But anyway, yeah, that's what happened last night. I won hide-and-go-seek and broke my phone, boys. So uh, there you go. Don't crawl around the ground with your phone in your pocket. But that's okay. So, there must, so, the, must be, going, so the, the grounds must be pretty hard down there now, eh? The sun's come out and the moat's gone. <laughs> the sun is out, Kempi. The weather is flying here. It's a little bit overcast today. Pool um, weather. We put a pool. Nah, 
No, no. Mate, we're no, talking about your pool, actually. I was telling a few mates about your pool. Oh, Kimpy. And um, just trying oh, to find a way to, trying to find a way to fix that little issue that you got. Okay, we come up with a solution. Got what a is solution? it, Kimpy? Above ground. Above ground. Build nah. your pool above the ground. Put a deck up. Uh, cover it up. There you go. Sorted. Oh, it won't Kimpy. float. Yeah. Uh, yeah, a couple of steps up, really get a bit of height. Talk. What do you reckon? I don't really want to talk about that thing. It's uh, it's Ooh. come, it's become a little bit of a situation at the moment. Um, <laughs> yeah, nothing's really easy in this world, twenty twenty two. Yeah, we'll get to that shortly. We'll get to that shortly. Great solution, though, Kempi. Great solution. If it's above ground, it won't get ruined by water underneath in the hole. Yes, okay, fair, fair enough. We could just you could take uh, it out and then just build like a, a Willows esque cricket pitch on it. I mean, you've got you know obviously that won't work when it gets soaked. More of a summer, <laughs> more of a summer thing. But plenty of solutions. Is anyway, we'll move on. I'll just get rid of it. Go to the river and jump off. You know, do do what we did back in the day. Go to the yeah, river, jump off the bridge, into the do river. some manus. Yeah. <laughs> Still do that down my hometown in Waitara. The kids that go past the all the time, they're doing manus off the bridge. Wouldn't be many Yeezys in Waitara, though. Mm. Yeah. We've got a few messages coming through, boys. A couple of times I changed the clock in the kitchen and now forward and set my kids to bed early. <laughs> Kimberly. That is one of the greats. One of the greats. But how'd you deal with Dad? It's still sunny, though. <laughs> it's still sunny. Yeah, it's sunny. That's because daylight savings. Like, get out. Close get the out here. <laughs> Close the curtains. <laughs> Put the sheets up. Put another sheet over the top of it. You'll be right. Cover Actually, the cracks up. Yeah, that's we, a good one. We can't be far away from daylight savings. Do kids get spooked by daylight saving? Can they get their heads around it? <sighs> I don't really know. Nah, I love it. I love Look, it. They're getting older. And they're getting more wiser, and, and they're probably going to, you know, cotton onto things a lot earlier. Like, because they're already going, Dad, it's still sunny. Why is the sun up still? And then, like, obviously, the sun wake, you know, rises really early, sometimes five o'clock, and they're like, Oh, it's sunny. It's time to get up. It's like, No, stay in bed, man, please. You can't. They're going to get, they're just going to figure it all out. Uh, Louis, because, yeah, they just get smarter and smarter, mate, it's particularly the girls. Tea, mate, you're, bring, you're oh, bringing back gosh. all the memories. Mate, there's no routine, eh? I remember, I remember coming home and my boy would be asleep and I'd sort of go and wake him up, you know, and you'd hear the, hear the leave him alone, he's asleep. <laughs> and I'd go, just sneak in, bro, just sneak in like that. And I'd jump in bed and I'd have my have my arm out with my blanket up and next minute you see this little hand come up, crawl under the blankets and he's lying next yeah. to me. It's like, get him out of that bed, put him back in bed, you're ruining his routine. I'm like, nah man, he's sweet. Let's leave him there. <laughs> it brings back all the memories, mate. Kids kids don't kids don't really understand like things like daylight savings, mate, going nah. to bed at six o'clock. You know, mm. getting some sleep. I always think that too. Why we're we gonna put him to bed at six o'clock. We're just gonna wake up at four o'clock. Mm. You know? Let him fall asleep on the couch. <laughs> Everybody's favourite Dan Kimby. 16 minutes past 6 Kids are right Can't move or else the game turns into tips uh, oh. There you go Izzy so you're a Wasn't the kids that, that, ex- that explained that rule to me It was Daisy She says you're a cheat And Mate, I said no I'm not She didn't just do that She, she <laughs> put you on the internet for everyone to see 
<laughs> she's completely she's completely uncovered the myth that is Izzy Dag, the greatest hide and seek yeah. player of all time. Well, it turns out he was deflating the bulls the whole time. Uh, Did Mo- you see my reply to? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, have that. Uh, Morena, boys, um, cheaters never win. Is he calmer your phone, Ed? Uh, Ed. <laughs> that is right, Ed. And you know what? These bloody phones. Oh, man. You know, they're always updating. And oh. Yep, so i got to go get me a new phone. I might go back to the old Nokia, I think, there, Louis. Go get the Nokia Snakes and Ladders. Remember that one? 2280, was it? Best phone 20- ever. Yeah, that's it. Uh, yeah, mate. Best phone oh, ever. Unlimited text messages. You Brick. send a hi up to, you know, because it was unlimited. You just might as well make use three up to say one, have one combo. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The old Nokia 2280s, yeah, they were good. Snakes and ladders, no, snakes, snakes, is that what it was called? I can't remember. Yeah. Uh, 18 minutes past six. Actually, before before we get to the can't wait question of the day, and there is an All Blacks team, by the way, you would have had that throughout the day yesterday on SCNZ. Yesterday we were talking 8, 9, 10. Well, we had it right. Oscar Satutu, Aaron Smith, Richie Moonga, Scott Barrett, to blindside, so they're running the three-lock combination out there with Brody Retallick and Sam Whitelock. The rest of the team stays pretty much identical, including the bench. Um, before we get my can't wait question of the day, Izzy, who are you playing golf with today? Uh, just a normal crew, so playing with uh, the Cricketers, Flem, Estel, uh, all those boys. We play every Wednesday, but um, I, I was actually flying home last weekend, uh, last week, and I was with Richie on the Richie McCall on the on the flight, and he's always been asking me if he uh, if he if you're playing golf, just flick a message. So I flicked a message, and he's going to come out and have a hit today. So going to play with Rico, see how he can swing it. Last time I played was when I was playing and. Yeah, it was all right. It was all right. So hopefully uh, he, can, he can sort his game out. But no, I'm going to have a catch out with Richie. Have a catch out with Rico today and, and play, play 18 holes at Waitakere today, Ooh. which is a, a course here down in, uh, in Christchurch. A beautiful beach course. Um, all the other courses are, are getting repaired, and so we're going to head over there and change it up. So looking forward to it. Wow, that's uh, that's interesting and, and very exciting for you and everyone else that's playing along vicariously. Can't wait, question of the day. Because I can, I can already sense Kempi as he's already got that kind of like, oh, you know, like hopefully he sorted his game out. Like it's, it's not Sir Richie. Smash when, him. It's not Sir Richie when you're out there with Daggy. It's, it's can I bury this guy? How, how, how many steps can I outdrive him? How many yards can I put this ball by? Him? Hey, I'm not calling him Sir. I'm gonna say, yeah, boy, come on, let's go. Knew <laughs> <laughs> it. Well, my question of the day that I was curious because. What are we? With Wednesday now, and we've still got wall-to-wall coverage on um, Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II's passing. Obviously, it's a real process with uh, King Charles III, and his coronation's not for like a year or so, but there's a whole process of the morning. It's very, very, very formal. Like, there's different stages of public mourning. The uh, body is being taken through Scotland, and it just... I didn't expect to still be thinking about it on Wednesday, but it did, and it got me going. And I want to know, who is New Zealand's sporting royalty to you? Like, who is New Zealand's sporting royalty? And yesterday, Lisa Carrington was officially made a dame, 
And I know that lots of people would probably have her right up there. She's our most successful Olympian ever. She actually made a comment that to, to be made a dame officially with uh, Queen Elizabeth II's picture still on the wall, where it happens is quite a quite a cool moment for her right at the end. Obviously, that won't be there for much longer. Um, sporting royalty, we, it's a term we say all the time. Kempi, you'll have so many examples of Kiwi League legends, and everybody has their own version of sporting royalty. But let's limit it to New Zealanders and your number one top of the pops sporting royalty. And, and where I was going is he was lots of people would consider uh, Sir Ritchie as sporting royalty for his services throughout the years. Not you today when you're blasting it off the tee, putting it by him by <laughs> 30 yards. But what do you think? Double eight, double three, oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. Who is top of the pops on top of the throne, your New Zealand sporting royalty? Talk to us. Come through on 0800 150 Here with Chemist Warehouse, Kempi's answer. First up after this. Great savings every day. 27 minutes past 6 o'clock. Sporting royalty. It means something different for everybody. But New Zealanders, who is on top of the crown for you? Kempi, keep your powder dry just a second. We'll go to the phones first. We've got Tim in Christchurch. Who is it for you, buddy? Can I make you Good, good. Who you got? Uh, well, I reckon it's too easy if you just get, name someone like Richie McCaw, you know, two World Cups, one on one foot. But um, I think that someone who's completely overlooked all the time and should be right up there is Eugene Behrman and the City Kickboxing team, you know, like to take on the whole world the way they have, deliver two world titles, guys fighting for the titles, guys in the top five uh, with massively limited resources compared to their competitors. I think that they should be uh, held up in the highest echelon. Oh, love that, love that! You got you got me going there. You got me going, nice Timmy. <laughs> yeah, sharp work, Tim. You're right. Someone that probably doesn't get the credit they deserve. Joe, you're in Gizzy. Who do you have? Mate, we got uh, Sir Ian Kirkpatrick. 133 caps for the All Blacks. Uh, 33 Tests. Went on so many tours. He's uh, he's Poverty Bay, uh, up Fitzy royalty down here. And then you've got. Uh, Sir Stacey Jones, greatest warrior ever to be uh, to play for the Warriors and the Kiwis. He led them, you know, the Lewis man on the paddock with the biggest ticker, and uh, Sir Richard Hadley. People who stood up, you know, on the world stage, and that man led it. Him and him and Chats. But yeah, yeah, those, those are the boys that uh, for me when I grew up, you know, you looked up to and uh, whatever sporting code you were playing. But our local man, Sir Ian Kirkpatrick, he's uh, he's royalty for us right here in Tairawhiti. Amazing. Beautiful. Well Kirky. Great to see Kirky on the sidelines. Uh, Hawks Bay Magpies. He actually surprised them down there for the Ramfield Shield. Jumped on the bus and went down. So awesome. Man, some good names coming through. Where do you start? Just really put in perspective how much success we've had on the big stage. Kempe, who you got? Yeah, well, I think Joe makes a good point. I, you know, the first thing that comes to mind, I don't want to talk about today's um, legends. No, I call them legends apart from royalty, um, more than royalty. But when I was growing up, the yeah, p- people like John Walker, I didn't know that John Walker's best mate was my dad's brother. I only found that out recently. Um, and I used to watch John Walker because I used to have long blonde hair and was, you know, 14 kilos ringing wet when I was a kid that something happened. Um, but he was just an absolute legend. The other one was Sid Going for me. I, I used to love Sid Going. 
absolute legend and still think that he's probably the best halfback that I've ever seen play the game of rugby union. Um, because in my head, when I used to watch it, he was fantastic. Um, Precious McKenzie was another. Yeah, right. Precious McKenzie, like that little man lifting all that weight. I thought, whoa, he's he's pretty strong. Um, <laughs> but my ultimate was when I was um, 14, sitting in the changing rooms. Top of the crown. Top of the crown is Kurt Sorensen. So oh. He was covered in, covered in ice. He had a pair of beaten up shoulder pads on. There's blood yeah. and dirt and grit. And he's, he's you know, an angry looking man. And I was just like, man, you're my hero. <laughs> <laughs> you're my hero. <laughs> so Bang. Kurt Sorensen for me. Beautiful, man. There's some great names and some legends coming out. Look, I've, I've collated uh, about 20 here. But uh, the top of the pile, the first one that sprung to my name, this might be controversial because he's always coming out and saying, look, he's a bit, feels disrespect, but is he Adusanya lately with what he's been able to do uh, on the big world stage and just holding down that title? But uh, some other names, J-Mac, you got Stephen Adams, you got Carrington Dixon, Scotty Dixon, you got Sir Peter Blake. Peter Blake with what he did in America's Cup and sailing. Coots, another controversial one. But Jonah Lomu. Jonah mm. Lomu for me. Jonah, Jonah, Jonah. Hands down, Lomu. The way he changed the face of, of rugby from around the world. He was the figurehead to, I reckon, why rugby is the, what it is today, mate. Everyone in the whole entire world knew Jonah Lomu and the All Blacks. Jonah, rest in peace. Yeah, is he a great one? And I think there's always a bit of a mystique when you talk about the royalty and that kind of that one name. There's always a bit of a mystique about them, or you know, gone too soon, or never saw, didn't quite have the life that we always expected. And Jonah kind of ticks that box, gone way too soon, and and an ultimate legend who lives on. Right, twenty eight away from seven. Keep your messages coming through. We'll get to Good some of them. Good question, Louis. After this, thank you, Izzy. We'll get to you. Izzy's on double eight, double three. Take your calls on 0800 Talk to you soon. After Aroha with the news for Kubota, together with shaping and building Aotearoa. CNZ, we're 26 minutes away from 7am this morning. Quizzy Dag back this morning because the phone lines are back. So you have your chance to win a $50 TAB bonus bet. The quiz has been proofread and it's ready to rock and roll. At Bunnings Trade, helping business is our trade. We're here to make your job easier because helping business is our trade. Right, so as we look around the sporting world, yes, Aroha was right at 6am. AJ and Tyson, it's on the battle for Britannia. Oh, how good is this going to be? Personally, I think Tyson's going to mince him, but we've got all the way until December to be able to work that one out, and we will duke it out about who will win that fight moving forward. Right now, the Champions League is going on in Europe, and Sporting Lisbon have just scored a goal to go ahead of Tottenham in added time, nil all, and they've just scored the first hit. Conte looks absolutely... Depresso Expresso over there. Uh, so Tottenham now trailing 1-0 against Sporting. Victoria Pison uh, losing to Inter 2-0. Liverpool Ajax at 7am. Bayern Barcelona 7am. Leverkusen Atletico as well as Marseille in action. Scotty McLaughlin, boys. We never circle back to this one. Speaking of Sporting Royalty, you said Scott Dixon 
Izzy. Well, both of mm. the Scots and the Shane and Greg Murphy and, well, all of our forefathers in the motorsport world, Chris Amon, McLaren. We've got so many sporting legends and so much sporting royalty in the motorsport ven- uh, arena, don't we? Well, this was Scotty McLaughlin talking about his season in 2022 IndyCar. Uh, it's been a dream come true to win races in the IndyCar series. People were stuck by me, you know, it was easy to sort of drop me last year and think that I was uh, like a no- nobody or, you know, maybe I'm out of my depth. But, you know, you got to have that self-belief and just believe that you can get back to the top and believe that you can do it and, and, com- and combat against these guys and girls. And, uh, yeah, really proud of everyone on the team. Yeah, we're proud of you, uh, Scotty McLaughlin. Yes. Fourth in his second year in IndyCar and having a chance to win it. Incredible. Uh, Mark Graham. Says an unnamed text to Kempe. Oh, of course. Mm. Mark Graham's right up there. Right up there in the same era where I used to watch all that great Kiwi team um, make through Gary Prom, James Lulloy, Fred Coy, Graham West in that in that bunch as well, you know. Bruce Gore from Inglewood. Mate, toughest toughest guy I've ever seen. Ring and wet. Mm. Probably ninety kilos playing in the front row up against the Poms. Unbelievable. Oh man, there's plenty in there, Kimpy. Like one's come through, Dame Valerie Adams. Yeah, I her had Dame Valerie Adams on my list, uh, mate. With what she's done in shot put, um, but there's so many. When you, when you just put it down, when you start thinking, going through them, you got James McDonald, J Mac, what he's doing in the racing world. There's another one there for Sir Peter Blake uh, from Markey. He loves rugby, but what Sir Peter Blake did for America's Cup and and racing, uh, yacht racing in New Zealand. Just only bigger. But just quickly going back to your news on AJ and Tyson Fury there, Louis and Kempe. This is a this is a uh, obviously a big fight, big fight, but mate, this is a challenging fight for, for AJ. AJ loses again. That's three straight. What does this do for AJ if he does? And I reckon he's gonna lose too. I reckon Tyson Fury will will just outbox him and outclass him. But if he gets if he loses this Obviously, he's going. If he wins it, he's back. He's back in the reckoning to go and chase down Ulcer and try and get those titles back. But if he loses, he's bottom of the food chain, isn't he? Is he? He must be pretty much close to going. three and a three straight. That's that's big in boxing terms, mate. I think what I think why Tyson wants to go AJ first, Usyk next is that he's going to give AJ a bit of a telling and then just call Usyk out and say right. Now give me all those bouts. You've got no choice because I've beaten the same guy. Let's get it on. So um, I think I think that's in the back of Tyson Fury's mind is that he would like to hold every belt up. And why wouldn't yeah. you? you know, I, mate, he's too cumbersome. I can't see AJ in a fight with Tyson Fury because he's too cumbersome. He's just going to pick him off and outbox him. The, uh, he did want... He did want Usyk. He wanted Usyk. He wanted Usyk. Yeah. And Usyk wasn't keen for natural reasons. What do you reckon? Well, was he keen? Was he, he tried to say he wanted to hang out with his family and yeah. he hasn't been, he's, he's been in the gym for two years. But realistically, is he a little bit worried about the Tyson? Of course he is. But oh, and I guess he, well, it's hard to know. Like Usyk seems like such an interesting character. It's kind of, he doesn't, the, the normal things don't seem to drive him. So I don't really, it's hard to get into his psyche. But as far as Anthony Josh, Anthony Joshua goes, it's a great question. Look, it looks like his tick has been gone for a long time. It actually looks like he lost his mind a wee bit after that latest fight. He goes in there, loses to Tyson, which let's be honest, there's a very good chance he will. Where does that put him, is he? Well, Deontay Wilder and Andy Ruiz are fighting. 
So there's wow. the winner of that that becomes available. Um, what about a, a Ruiz Joshua trilogy? What happens when Joe Parker and Joe Joyce? What happens to the loser of them? The heavyweight, the heavyweight mm. competition is ab- absolutely racked up at the moment. You know, Dante mm. Wilder's coming back. Fury's decided to come out of retirement. Joshua's battling to get back in the ring. Usyk just owning mm. them. You know, as a light heavyweight. Because he's, I, mean, I think I, I can't see for the life of me Usyk being um, Fury. It's too know. big, Kempe, isn't he? Like when well, he's, he can box. The thing with Fury is not big; he can box. Like when you're mm. watching the when you're watching the boxing, you're watching Joshua cumbersome lumbering into him. You know, like just I'm trying to hit yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. I tell you what, Fury's going to hit him. Hundred percent. Fury's going to hit him. So yeah, I, I think that's the fight that. Oh, well, that's a fight I want to see. I, I like Usyk. I think he's a, he's an absolute champion. But I want to see Tyson Fury fight him. <laughs> oh. No, Chris is coming through. <laughs> I'm just laughing at Chris's message on the text machine. The great Sir Izzy Dag, leader of the One Eyes. <laughs> no, mate, that the one. one you think you think that one's good? You think that one's good? Here's a better. One here's eyed. a better. Here's a better one from Mark Kempe. As long as he doesn't pick South. <laughs> <laughs> took the sales. You took them yesterday, Kim. It's too late, Come Mark. On. I've done it, brother. Sales to win it. Uh, Ke- Kevin did it like he says. Sir Richard Hadley uh, paddles absolutely. Yes. Imagine bombing a golf ball at him as well. The disrespect to the crown. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sporting royalty has to be Hitro Ocasini for me. Yeah, Richie. Hitro Hitro Ocasini. Yeah, Still up in England, living up in Cumbria, married to a, a um, an English girl. Another one of those Kiwis that went up there and didn't come home, um, <laughs> like the great SKD. <laughs> Mate, a, yeah. I don't think he'll ever come home either. Yeah, Sean Kenny Dow up after 7 a.m. here on Izzy and Kempe for breakfast. And then there's a couple of people just quickly clearing these messages before we get to Quizzy Dag. Bit worried about the weather, Izzy. We've got Tim Char, uh, Tim and uh, Richie that are, reckon that it's uh, a bit cold. And Mark, they reckon it's a bit cold outside down your way. Are you going to be all right out there? Yeah, no, it'll be fine. On my left, it's clear. On my right, she's Cloudy, so just whatever the weather's going and which way it's, which direction it's heading. But no, we'll be fine, boys. Bit of a jumper on and ah, hands in pockets, you know, you'll be Mate, fine. The bloke, the bloke won a World Cup on one foot. <laughs> not Izzy. They're not walking, Louie. They've given nah, a, they're driving around in those flash carts. No, nah, no, nah, we walk. Wednesday golf, we walk. You can't drive around, mate. You can't drive around. We walk on Wednesdays. We're only walking, Kimpy. And I'm shredding, you know, I'll burn 2,000 cows. I want a photo. I don't believe it. Oh, I'll send you a photo then, Kimpy. I'll send you a photo after this. Is he? No HB2 in Black Ferns, Gemma Woods, but be good for 80. Marshy from HB, yeah. No, next year, when they're in the top division, that'll be their chance, brother. And Charlie says one little tip for, for cheating players. Morning, Fano. Get blackout curtains to the kids' bedrooms, is he? Oh, no, that's for getting the kids to bed in daylight savings. Sorry, I thought that was some sort of day. I thought that was some sort of hide and seek cheat. Hide behind the blackout curtains. <laughs> well done, Charlie. 18 away from 7. 0800 150 811. That's the quizzy dad line. The quizmaster's here. He wants to rumble. I'm ready today. You ready, Joe? I'm ready. Joe's <laughs> <laughs> ready. Come see us. Take on the Quizmaster. Quizzy that come play it. This is how we do it. Quizzy that come play it. Quiz is on the line. Just one at a time. Don't Google a lie. Phone a friend, you'll be fine. Just listen for the signs. 
CIB with the prize. 50 bucks if you wise. If you're wrong, and then we'll say goodbye. This is how we do it. This is how we do it. Quizzy, they come play it. Quizzy, they come play it. 0800 First names? Hello. Ruhahi <laughs> and Kennedy. Far out, bro. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Got him. Just keeping you honest there, Tony. Are you there? Hello. <laughs> Good work, Tony. Well, well done. You've come through again. How do you like them apples, Kimpy? Yeah. Hey, uncle. Hey, uncle. <laughs> How those apples taste? <laughs> sour, bro. <laughs> sour. <laughs> Yeah, Granny Smith, Tony. Hey, Tony, who's your, who's number one top of the throne Kiwi sporting royalty for you, brother? 
Ja, tack för två. Oh, awesome. Yeah, man. David Tua. How good. Yes. He was, he was here. Boxing, we heard from uh, Timmy coming on. Talk about fighting. Man, we've had some good fighters. See these, Izzy? See these, Izzy? See these? Lights yeah. on, lights out. Kenny Rainsford. We've got to get Kenny. we got to get Kenny on, mate. got to ask him, mate, what were you thinking? <laughs> lights on, lights out. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, hey, hey Kimpy, have you named your guns? Because I used to walk around and go, yeah, do, do you know Tua? And this is Lennox. You know, have you named... <laughs> no, there was no naming. Oh, that's a new one. <laughs> yeah, losing it. Lost it. Seven away from seven. Sporting royalty. Who is it? Who's the New Zealander that sits atop of the throne for you as, uh, yeah, the, the morning goes on for Queen Elizabeth II? It's a, it's a process. Tell you what, it is a process. And all the news coverage is still coming out of the UK, Scotland and then England. And even Ireland getting a shout out as well. So, who's top of the pops for you? Who is your Kiwi spoil sporting royalty? Come through on double eight, double three. We'll get to them after this. Ooh. Just coming up to 7am and Dave from Karaka might have inadvertently started the age-old debate. Is Sir Edmund Hillary considered a sports person? Uh, good morning, boys. Probably the most influential person would be Sir Ed Hillary. Have a great day. Yeah, wow. Genuine, genuine icon. One of the greatest New Zealanders flat stick to ever live. Was he a sports person? I've heard this debate rage on previously. I don't think it matters, Dave. Well, I think you're right. He's nah, just he's all right, yeah. he's right up there on the throne, isn't he, is he? Yeah, I think so for sure, mate. That's that's got to be a sport, mate. When you're climbing Mount Everest and you're you're risking life and death, it's probably more than sport. But mate, he'd be one of the greats, an icon, like you said, Louis. Definitely an icon to to live on for forever. And uh, you got to be special if you get your mug on a, on a on a note with the Queen, mate. So you, hey, there you go. He's on the fire bucker. Yeah, good. Anyway, keep those missions coming through. Double eight, double three. You don't use fives. New Zealand. Yes, I do. New Zealand's sporting icon. I'll be winning a few fives off Richie today. Maybe his mug will be on it soon. We'll soon see. Might have to ask him. Anyway, SKD, <laughs> Sean Kenny Dow coming up. We're going to talk some league with the man. He's over at the UK. Played a lot here in the NRL. He's here. Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together, we're shaping and building New Zealand. Shop the Chemist Warehouse Spring Frenzy Sale and get up to half price off big brand vitamins. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. This is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ.
Atamarie, good morning. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SCNZ Wednesday, the 14th of September, and it's just after 7 o'clock. Welcome in. Just had a funny, energy-filled hour, and we asked you on the Temper Bedpost text machine. We've even had a few calls, 0800-150-811, New Zealand's biggest sporting royalty. Zealand Sporting Royalty. Messages have been coming through. Lads, there is no higher throne to sit on than Mount Everest. So see Edmund Hillary. Otherwise, Bruce Robinson. From Richard. Brucey Bruce. Fish out there. There's no higher throne to sit on than way up there. Another one from Pat. Lads, Murph is my number one. Is my number one royal. The passion. The emotions. Were never held back. The king of Pookie. King with the lap of the gods. And always reminded Aussies. That he was key, he was a Kiwi. That is from Pat from Christchurch. Yeah, Greg Murphy, one of the great ones, dominating V8 supercars for many, many years. Appreciate that message. And another one, Louis. This is yeah, great question, Dave from Karaka. Louis, what's the fill up today? I'm getting low. We all getting low, Louis. Well, you probably listened to the good oil on Saturday then, because um, <laughs> it was it was tough going on the heavy track Hastings. But Dave, Izzy, everybody, yep. there are a couple of short price favourites today that I think will be winning, and I've had a little multi myself. And then there's an ex Kiwi in Melbourne as well by the name of Victoria Rock, race six at Sandown, which I think should go very good, two dollars fifty. But there are some short price favourites. I'll give you my multi at about eight thirty this morning. Oh, there you go. Like every good pundit or broadcaster, just let them s- sit in suspense <laughs> and just wait it out and just wait till 8.30. So there you go, Dave. You've got to wait till 8.30 before you get that. So there you go. Uh, coming up, we're going to talk some Black Ferns later on in the hour. We've got the All Blacks, Graham Bashup after 8 o'clock. And we've got Mike McRoberts talking to us about his journey to find his identity and who he really is at about 8.40ish. But before then, we're going to talk some league with Kempi and SKD. Yeah, after 342 first-grade appearances, former Roosters and Kiwi stalwart Sean Kennedale is still going strong. Better than strong, actually. He's thriving, and this year was even named in the 2022 Super League Dream Team after carving it up for Hull Kingston Rovers. He's 35 now, but showing age is just the number for the modern athlete, signing on for another year in the top grade in the UK. Sean is on the line now. Kia ora, brother. Kia ora, brother. Kippy. Not many, is if any. Go, boys? <laughs> hey, we're good. <laughs> we good. How are you, bruv? Oh, awesome, brother. Awesome. Still, uh, yeah, enjoying it over here in the UK. Been really good. Mate, you got another year up there. Sean, take us through this year. I, <laughs> I hear I, I hear that you also got named as captain of the All-Star team. Yeah, it was, uh, mate, it was a pretty good year. I've, I've really been enjoying it over here. Um, mate, it was an awesome experience with your man, Carl Hall, over there in the All-Stars. And, mate, there's a, a good bunch of, um, you know, expats over here that come from, you know, New Zealand and Australia. So to be able to, you know, connect with those boys and, and play against England at a test match intensity, um, bro, it was a primo year. It was an honour to, to run out and lead the boys out. So, um, 
like I said, bro, really enjoying the game over here. It's um, it's a bit of a different style of rugby league, and uh, I think it just suits my game. So, um, mm. mate, I'll keep going till the wheels fall off and until they keep paying me, bro. <laughs> so I'll stay over here as long as I can. <laughs> Thirty-five, Sean. Thirty-five, mate, oh, and you're not looking January, like you're slowing down. Oh, okay, okay, at the moment, okay. Bro, Thirty-five in January. <laughs> nah, nah, like Thirty-four, said, um, but you're still going, bro. How, how have you been able to stay in the game for so long? Oh, I think uh, you just learn to manage um, your body a bit better when you get older. Like obviously, mm. um, all the sports science and you know eating and recovery and all those things you pick up along the line. But then be able to do it and make um, good. Like I said, I think it's a different game. Probably not as um, you know physical and and you know physically demanding as the NRL. But mate, it's still tough. And you know I pride myself on looking after my body and my preparation and just getting it getting it right week in week out. So. But I've had a good run, no injuries, and like I said, still really enjoying it. Mate, the transition from the NRL, you played 342 games in the hardest competition, well, going in, in the game of league, and you've gone over to the UK. What's that transition been like, bro? Bro, it was really hard the first year. Mate, I played, like, cucks on the first year. Oh, it was really tough, like, <laughs> just um, adapting to the lifestyle, but it was in the, the middle of COVID too, so when that first hit, so... I was away from the Fano, readjusting to a different culture. But once you get settled and um, my missus come and join me over here and made, I made a life for myself and, you know, feel at home now and adapted to the mm. game and, um, you know, got a good people around you and you get to get to know the game a lot better. And like I said, it's just um, fallen into place over the last few years and really started picking up my game on, on the personal level as well. Hey, Sean, have you been watching much of the NRL this year? What about your old teams? Uh, how do you think they've gone, Newcastle, Sydney City? Oh, yeah, I, I always love watching the Roosters and, and Newcastle as well. And I, just the NRL in general, we still keep an eye on it. And, um, mate, love love watching league. It doesn't matter where it is, bro. I just love love watching it. But, mate, it's been good. I've, mate, it's been a wild, wild final series with the Roosters there the other day and the Simpinnings <laughs> and all the boys going hard. So I enjoyed, enjoyed watching that. You want it. You would have loved it. Sorry for Jared, could... The Kiwis are going to miss him, bro, in the World Cup with the first three games. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> bro, you would have loved it. I remember you running around for the Roosters, <laughs> being a little thug on the outside of the centres. You know, you would have been right in there, wouldn't you? I just run the muck, bro, started, and then run back out to the wing and let all the boys deal with it in the middle. <laughs> oh, but man. Nah, it's, it's it, of... That's why the boys play it, eh? When you love playing finals, I'm. Unfortunately, we didn't make the finals over here this year, so um, now I've been watching on closely, and that's what I love seeing the boys go around. Hey, just just quickly, the, everyone loves playing in the NRL, um, and, and that is the the pinnacle when you're when you're leaguey. But do you feel like the competitions over in the UK and Europe are starting to make some gains, and they're getting a real strong influence from overseas players? Oh, I think oh, well, heaps of NRL players make the make the journey over now. There's some real quality yeah. players and I think mate they probably don't get a rap for you know how talented and, and physical they are over here because once you're in it you, you know like I said before it's still one of the toughest physical games that you can play in, in league and uh, it definitely shows in the Super League and there's some mate there's some awesome players here mate. so um, yeah I, I think the, the gap is bridging but it'll be interesting to see you know how, how the England team goes at the World Cup because um, you know it's a lot of up and coming nations now with all the, mm. all the you know Pacific Island teams and mate I think, I think it's good for the game you know just I think it's not as you know widespread as as Izzy's game and rugby union. So I think you know it's only good the more that um, you know that sort of talent and, and level of league is played across the world.
Mate, you haven't found one of those little nations, have you, to have another run around in the World Cup? Has there been, <laughs> has, has there been much buzz about the, about the uh, World Cup up there? Oh, no, there is. I think the whole league fraternity obviously got put back a year, so, um, you know, they've had plenty of excitement and, you know, build up to, to this year. And may, oh, I think everyone here can't wait to get out and, you know, watch the games and, you know, I might find a bit of Irish heritage coming up soon, bro. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine it, bro. I can imagine if you're still running around carving up over there. I'm sure a team would love to have you. But a team that's close to your heart, the Kiwis, probably the yeah, yeah, the, bro. Uh, the first year in a long time I've been excited for what I saw in that Tonga series oh. earlier on in the year. Mate, going forward to the World Cup, we've got a genuine chance oh. hey, with that squad. Does oh, that excite you? Up. Oh, massively! Just look at um, I think the spine too of the boys they got there with um, mm. you know Jerome Hughes and Dylan Brown, and then oh, you probably got the the biggest Ford pack. You know the Mongols going at it. You saw Jared and Big Nelson going at it a few weeks ago, and mate, they just got you know a lot of depth too. So it's really exciting. I think you know they they must be close to favourites of for, to win the World Cup. I'll be following them over here, bro, and and you know can't wait to go and watch all the boys, and you know, hopefully they can get it done. Mate, we talk a lot about yeah. um. Shawnee, we talk a lot about the journey in football, and you've got a pretty interesting story yourself, mate, when you, you took it upon yourself to head over to Sydney. Can you just tell us how you actually got started in your rugby league journey? Oh, yeah, I just, I was probably 15 or 16, you know, growing up in New Zealand, and then I was just speaking to the old man one day, and we just sort of thought, hey, bugger it, let's just move to Australia. And, you know, there's one NRL team in New Zealand, and there's what, 13 and 12 in Sydney, so we just we just made the jump and moved over, and uh, just enrolled in the in the local um, the local team in there in, in the Sydney Roosters area, and, and sort of just got picked up from there. But it was a good journey, bro. You know, making the jump at such a young age to you know follow my dreams and back my dreams. I you know, was fortunate that you know my my whanau supported me and um, you know helped me go over there to set up. But um, yeah, it all worked out in the end. Still going at 35. Yeah, <laughs> so it's, been, it's been an awesome Dude. journey, bro. Yeah, bro, hundred percent. Hey, just just quickly, I see a lot of people go overseas, and then they like yourself. They 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 struggle at the start, but then they start enjoying it, and then we we lose them. They get lost, and they just end up staying overseas wherever they end up. <laughs> Mate, what what's Sean Kenny Dow gonna do when he finishes up one day when those those limbs get a bit tired and he wants to park up? Is the game of league still gonna have you involved in some sense? No, I'd love to, bro. You know, I think that's a massive, um, you know, goal of mine to give back to the game. I love it so much. That's all I've probably ever done and all I, all I know at the moment. So, you know, to be able to give back, whether it's in a you know, junior league or back into coaching, um, you know, it's definitely high on my priority list to, to give back to the game that's been so good to me. Yeah, one more. One whether more... you know that's in New Zealand or, or, or Australia, no, I'll go. I haven't made my decision yet, but, you know, I'll take Ooh. it as it comes. But, you know, it's definitely hold my um, Come to priority. the Warriors, brother. The Warriors <laughs> want you. Come yeah, on. Mate. I was just going to say that one thing that you could do is come back here to the Warriors, mate, and give us a bit of that oh. knowledge that you've accumulated yeah, over mate. the year. Oh, yeah. Hey, mate, just before we let no, you go, sure. give, it, give it to me once, brother. Give me that bus song. Come on. Bust it out. <laughs> How many dudes you know roll like this? How many dudes you know blow like this? Not many. Sean Kenny. Not many. Sean Kenny. Oh. <laughs> yeah, my brother. Be, oh. Oh. Just for you, my brother. Oh, I love it, bro. Hey, say yeah, hi, say hi to the boys up there. Sean, say oh, hi. Too them. much, brothers. Give hey, hook. awesome to speak to you both, hey? Yeah, awesome. Take care, my bros. You go, you go well, mate. Talk soon. Cheers, Sean. See you later, hey. Take care. S-E-N-Z.
Oh, Kimpy, you finish it off for us, mate. Go how on. many, how many bros you know go like this? How many bros you know go like this? Not many. Sean Kenny, not many. Sean Kenny, that's the only one. Sean Kenny Dow, oh, the one and only Sean Kenny Dow, mate. What a character! I used to love watching him run around the scenes <laughs> for the Roosters, mate. He was so good, so good to watch, and just an absolute personality. Just listening to him, having a chat to him, just down to earth. And just loves it. Loves a laugh. Man, loved hearing those stories, eh? Loved hearing those stories. So good. Shot for organising that. That was awesome. Yeah, he's he's he was tough. And one thing that I th- found interesting, him hearing him talk about the or both of you, or all of you, talking about the uh, Roosters Rabbits game. Now, bit of fallout from this, and it's become a real trend in rugby league. Rugby Union has seen it. We saw Nick White get tapped on the nose by Faf de Klerk the other day in the rugby championship and went straight to ground. Players know that they're going to check anything around the head now. So milking Kempe. The NRL rugby league always prides itself on this sort of kind of tough, the roosters, we won't stay down, we'll get back up. But it's creeping into the game now because the teams are getting genuine advantage by staying down. How do you clean it up? Yeah, well, how you clean it up is you you get them off the pitch. So if you're going to milk a penalty... Like send them off, like send them off, or you know, HIAs or whatever. If you if you're saying, well, I've been hit in the head, well, get off the pitch. You know that's that's mm. one definite way of saying we can't keep just turn the game into a stop start affair. Um, you know, back in back in my day, you never stayed on the ground. No, because you know why? Because they called you a cat, and 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 blokes would just they'd lean over and go meow. Meow, like that. And it was just like, no, nah, man, I'm actually knocked out. And you get up, you'd actually get up and say, mate, I ain't a cat. You know what I mean? So it was really, yeah. it was governed back in those days by the players. Whereas these days, the NRL really need to do something about it. Now, the South Sydney game and the Roosters game, Louis, it was physical. Mate, there were, there were fair, fair dinkum shots to the head. Yep. But some of them were, mate, come on, it's a collision game. Don't, don't just stay down on the ground. And I, and I think Aaron Wood's right. When he said send him off, like we've been saying that for ages, if you want to go down, get him off. So is he, from the player's perspective though, isn't it the right, if you've been hit in the head, even no matter how hard it is, that's a penalty by the rules. So they're just trying to make sure that the camera picks it up. And yeah. it, they're just using the tools that are at their feet, which is staying down and slowing the game down to make sure that the game is adjudicated properly. Oh, I think, look, it's one of those ones. We don't want the game to slow down. We don't want that. And is that conversation at the moment with the bunker having too much influence, people outside of the referee and having too much influence. But if they're going to try and keep this alive, they have to have someone that's a, adjudicating all this and, and has a real sense of the game that could maybe get in the ref's ear and say, no, that's fine, play on. Or maybe, no, that's, that's actually quite bad. You have to go back and check that out. I know they're doing that at the moment, but genuine people that are going to ha- put some real normalisation on this. And just on that, uh, on the concussions, it doesn't take much to get a real bad concussion. Like a little knock to the... I've been concussed plenty of times, boys, and it's not nice. All is a little tap on the head and, and you're gone, you're dazed and you're blurry vision and, and then you're out for a couple of weeks. Um, so we, we have to put some sense back into that. I, I feel just to play, like safety is paramount and I know we want the game to be fast, open and, and, and just flowing but um, there's, a, there's a way to fix that. There's a way to fix that and I just thought on the weekend, Kimber, I spoke to you at this on Monday, just some of the tackle technique was quite poor, like they're really upright, the shoulders straight to the heads. Those are the ones you can control 
The other ones, like the forearms to the heads and the banging down on their domes, those are the ones that need to get rubbed out of the game. But mm. in all honesty, they just need someone that is watching the game thoroughly that can make the right decision. I don't think um, I don't think they have that at the moment. Yeah, when you when you when you understand tackle technique, you can actually see it um, mm. see it happening in front of you because you can't go, you can't defend a, a player at hundred miles an hour when he's running hundred miles at you. You can't defend him mm. at the same pace. You have to get your feet really close together and move closer to him before he moves into that space. And of course, what yep. was happening with South Sydney and the Sydney City Roosters, they were just at each other's throats at 100 miles an hour, and that was where the error was error was made. How would you get these players to stop milking, or is it their right to milk if they've been hit in the head because player safety is paramount? Double eight, double three, oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. The Kennards higher phone line. Liverpool 1-0 up over Ajax after a Mo Salah strike 18 minutes through. Kempi's off the back fence after this, and we're here with Chemist Warehouse as always. Great savings every day. Off the back fence with Tony Kemp. In June 2018, Sport New Zealand announced they would be working with partners to meet a minimum requirement of 40% self-identified females on their boards by December 2021. But New Zealand Rugby is set to lose some of its government funding after not meeting the 40% board gender diversity quota. Sport New Zealand said, the organisation has always indicated that there will be implications for non-compliance. And here's where it feels a little like a shakedown. 65 of the 66 organisations targeted by Sport New Zealand have complied with a gender diversity quota. The only sport not to comply is NZR. New Zealand Rugby have basically said they will not be dictated by Sport New Zealand. Creating a gender quota for boards is somewhat surprising given that the same hasn't been forthcoming for Māori seats on boards. No quota, no compliance threats and if you raise the issue, it falls on deaf ears. The simple fact is that Sport New Zealand should not be dictatorial when dishing out funding. Shouldn't it be more important to simply get the right people on boards? People who understand the sport and business rather than base appointments solely on gender. I can tell you of a number of boards that need to get the found, that foundation right. Once again, Sport New Zealand has bullied their policy through. Now I get it. You don't comply. We simply won't share the taxpayers' money with you. Off the back fence with Tony Kemp. <clears throat> Crazy, Kempy. I read that article. <clears throat> Sorry, I read that article and I was thinking, well, shouldn't it just be the best people in that in that time and in that position to be able to be on that board doesn't matter your colour, your your gender, who you are. You get the bright people in the right seats of the bus, and the and the bus will be steered in the right direction. And yeah. I can't. Yeah, it was crazy. Mate. I, yeah, I just can't. It just really baffles me. Uh, some of the situations we have. You like you look at. A, um, I know what's going over in South Africa and. You know, the quota system there that they have to have within their own teams and things like that. It's just it's just crazy. It doesn't matter what colour, gender, whatever. The best people should be given the best opportunities. And, um, yeah, so it's an interesting situation. That's kind of the same thoughts I got from your written piece there, mate. Yeah, look, look, you've got unconstitutional boards operating in sport and getting funding from Sport New Zealand. There's no compliance there. You know, that's really interesting. Like, you've got Cycling New Zealand. And, and all the dramas they're going through, that board obviously needs changing. There's no compliance there. And yet we get this. And when I was reading the same article, I thought, it does it does sound like you're being dictated to by saying, like, if you don't do it, you ain't getting the taxpayer's dollar. And I feel that yeah. that is, a, is stepping across the line. 
you know, and good on New Zealand rugby for saying, hang on. We like I look, I'm not I'm not sexist at all. I think if it's a woman, it's that's great. If it's a man, it's great. If it's Maori, yeah. it's great. But shouldn't it be around the foundation of what that board looks like to make sure that the sport is successful? Kempi, I found it interesting that they were the only one of the uh, organisations that hasn't. Now, does that mean that? And obviously, New Zealand rugby is the biggest by far. They've got they've just signed this three hundred and whatever million dollar mm. Silver Lake deal. Does that mean that other sports have been held to ransom? Hundred percent. Yeah, you've, yeah. You've, you've hit um, the nail on the head, Louis. They're basically yeah, said a if lot we of don't, these teams. You go. You go. I was just going to say. No, I was going to say a lot of these foundations they they struggle for funding. They need they the struggle money. To, they need the money. New Zealand rugby doesn't need the money. I'm not saying New Zealand rugby has got the the board right. I think there needs to be some accountability in the New Zealand rugby board for for sure. I think there's uh, needs to be a real shake up. If I'm completely honest, because of the handling of what's going on. But yeah, hundred percent, Kimpy and Louis. Other other foundations, other industries, they need the money, so they have to comply. Otherwise, they just won't be able to operate, and they won't be able to, uh, to do the things they need to do. I think the biggest issue is not gender equality, is not um, Māori seats at the table. The biggest mm. issue is integrity within sport. Now, you can't have the top dictating what we're doing down through the through the, the grassroots, for instance, Um and having unconstitutional boards, having boards that are dysfunctional. You know what I mean? There is just no integrity in that. And this, this for me, is a smokescreen. You know? and, but what they've done is they've actually come out and said, but unless you do this, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna, uh, pay for it by not getting any funding from us. Now, you don't have that right. It's not your money. Yet we've got people now saying, oh, no, we'll dictate to you what you do, and you do it, otherwise you don't get the funding. I think that's wrong. Half past seven, it looks like New Zealand Rugby said the earliest, uh, Stuart Mitchell said the earliest that they would have met the 40% quota would be uh, April next year at their meeting. Obviously, they had bigger fish to fry, and I think you can both things can be true. Izzy, it's really well pointed out by you that this doesn't mean that the NZR board is right by any means, but in general, this concept of being dictated to look i think we all agree that that you know the gender pay gap is a real thing and we want um, we want equality in boardrooms around new zealand and all and all walks of organization not just sport but is this the right thing to do kempi doesn't think so double eight double three what do you think come through all right hundred one five oh eight eleven here's aroha with the news for kubota together we are shaping and building new zealand SENZ 27, six and a half away from eight, I should say. Hey, racing at Cambridge Synthetic and Rickerton Synthetic today. Two thoroughbred meetings on your Wednesday. Good thing is he's playing golf with Richie McCaw and he won't be able to check his phone. I've got a bonus bet. I'll just check. I've got a bonus bet. So can you text me the, the multi before you <laughs> yell it out? Mate, you can find out with everyone else. Hey! <laughs> no, of course I will. Is he? Uh, and I will. I've got a couple of short price favourites that I reckon we can lob out in about an hour's time. So stay tuned for that. Right now, around the world, there's plenty of sport going on. The Premier League is still postponed. Uh, we don't have Premier League action just yet. Obviously, 
this operation they're running in England to farewell Queen Elizabeth II is incredible. Uh, sniffer dogs sniffing every little bit of equipment used in any ceremony. It is the police force. Uh, there's that many people lining the streets that they're literally like their authorities are stretched. So the ramifications for everything else like sport does come thick and fast. Gull is fueling your mission all year round. Pop into your local for some good visit, value fuel. Visit gull.nz. Champions League is going on right now. Sporting ended up scoring another against Tottenham, winning 2-0. Liverpool scored first, but Ajax equalised very quickly. It is one each in the 34th minute. Bayern Barcelona locked at nil, all as is Leverkusen and Atletico Madrid. And for all you AFL fans out there, Jared Berry, the uh, midfielder for the Brisbane Lions, is free to play on Friday night's prelim final, which is essentially the the semi-final, this is how you make the granny, against Geelong. Now, he was had a one-match ban for, I guess, an eye gouge, kind of a scratch over the face. He had Clayton Oliver with his forearm on his head and he was kind of trying to get him off and he kind of paddled at his eyes. So I think the right decision was made there. It's an interesting question and, and topic, Kempe, around on-field indiscretions and that kind of foul play area, heat of the battle, heads are going to be touched... Nick White, did you see that one? Where Faf de Klerk kind of clipped his nose, but there was no force. Refs riffing to the law book, using their interpretation. I don't really know where it starts and ends. No, nah, look, and I think when the finals come around too, it, like it has always been known that when you're playing the next level up from, from the, say, the NRL, you go to State of Origin, you go to international football, that there is a little bit more give and take in the in the combat because it becomes a little bit more ferocious. Um so you know, always always said after watching that game on on Sunday, um, South and, and Sydney City, that there's going to be repercussions because of Ashley Klein just doing what he was meant to do, which was send players to the sin bin. Um, but the, the fallout has been phenomenal. People, you know, they've been good pundits saying, "What a waste! What a waste of a game to watch because of the stoppages." You know, let the game flow, let the let the collision happen. But you got poor Ashley Klein there going well. These are the rules, and I'm just referring to the rules. So, um, I, look, Louis, it's, I always say it, you just can't have a winner with a referee and a, <laughs> and a decision. You know, he, he lets that go, and I bet you this, the media on the Monday say, well, it should have been seven sin bins. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you did right, Kempe. <laughs> like that. You just can't win, mate. It's like everything. You have people that'll be here. I was watching the news last night, and, you know, sorry, just going off topic here, but I was watching the news and, and obviously with the mandates and everything like that. And like when the mandates were all happening, you had hospitality up up in arms and, and just really hating what was going on and, and just can't really stand it. And now we've gone the other side of it and this is a very important industry and we've got to, we've got to look after it. But then you've got the health sector now uh, questioning, like, should we be going off to a, to a normal side of it? So you, and in the media, you know, they were putting the, the spotlight on, on the hospo now they're putting the spotlight on the other side of it. So they're just in the middle because they've got to create conversations and <laughs> situations. And that's what goes on in life and sport. Sorry, I just got off on tangent. It just made me think last night when I was watching, like, you can't keep anyone happy. <laughs> no, you can't keep everyone happy. You, know, you can't have everyone ever happy. That's why that old saying, oh, you're being a politician is so true. And these politicians, <laughs> that's literally their job. They're trying to represent a whole nation, and it's never really that possible. Tim has given us a call. On 0800 150 811 around the head knocks. Tim, what do you make of it all? 
Oh, like, <laughs> it's the same in football, right? And it's been happening for years, and it's just getting worse and worse and worse. So I, I sort of agree with Kempe. I reckon, um, and I've been saying this for a while, they need to rec- create a recovery zone. And if you flop on the ground, and if you spend more than two seconds down there, then you go away and you recover for five minutes so that you're off the field. And that will stop players doing it instantly. Because if they're going to just spend five minutes off, sitting on the sideline watching, they won't do it anymore. It'll stop coaches instantly. That's the that's the key, is that coaches are always a step ahead of the of the lawmakers. And the funny thing is, the lawmakers are the coaches. So they have this group of people, Wayne Bennett and, and Co, saying that this year we're going to introduce these rules and we're going to we're going to we're going to put them in place so that the NRL can and flow more. You know, it's, it's like the um, Bellamy saying, "Look, it's probably my last year. I'm getting out. The game's changed. The different athletes. The game's getting faster. You know, it's it's like Rab said on the show last week. You know, Tony, it's a different game. Six again. It's getting faster. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, well, you can't keep making that. You can't keep saying." This is to your point, Izzy. Tackle technique mm. and make the game faster. But th- those two don't go together because you want to play fast in defence. It's going to be you're, error. You're gonna, you're, there's going to be errors and big errors. So that's Tim. You're dead right. And the way to clean it up is to is to do that. Send them off so the coaches say to their players, "You need to slow down your technique." Well, that's what they do in rugby. You think last year, Sever Reese laid on his back to try and milk a penalty. If you lie on your back, the, t- the match doctor comes on and thinks you're knocked out. You've got to go, do- go off and do an HIA. And Sever did it just to try and milk a penalty. And then he got an HIA, he failed it, and then his team nearly suffered. Mm. You know, so his team, he, he put his team under so much pressure. So there is that happening in rugby. You can't fake it in rugby because you've got to get taken off. So, so, so he- they probably have to do the same in league. Yeah, you know, he raised, uh, raised I, it blew him up. I think that's uh, yeah. Well, he would have also. Is he? Did I just pick up that he failed an HIA after milking a penalty? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because honestly, they are tough. Those HIAs. <laughs> can you count? Can you uh, remember these uh, ten numbers and recite them backwards? Oh, uh, okay. Uh, yeah, and bang, couldn't, gone. You couldn't like, do that. If you, even if you told me this morning, <laughs> no, I know, mate. That. They are tough. They are tough to, to do. And he failed it in the next minute nearly backfired. Well, that, that, so. was, that was James Tedesco. Yeah. James Tedesco went off and he and he passed mm. his HIA. He went back down the sideline, just did another one. And they said, no, nah, sorry, mate, you can't go back on. You failed. You know what I mean? So he obviously so, had a little bit of delayed concussion. So, man, I reckon if you go down, like, go down for go down for a reason, get off. Yeah, fair enough. Tim, yep. good call there from you. Kempi, love it as well. Hey, one text before we're going to come back. And we'll talk about the Black Ferns. We've got some audio from Wayne Smith, Whitney Hanson, Renee Whitcliffe, Kennedy Simon, all of the players. We're going to rip back to you after this. But one text that I think is quite a uh, apt one, and I think it sums up where we were coming from, where you were coming from, Kempi. Diversity is the key to a successful organisation. New Zealand rugby lack this across their organisation. No arguments. But totally agree. Sport New Zealand is crossing the line with their approach. That is from an unnamed texter. Then Jamie says, totally agree, Kempi. It should come down to who the best person for the jobs are, not their ethnicity or gender. Chris says, it's funny these quotas are implemented to suggest and force change for the better. Why is it 40%? Why is it not 50%? It is a hot topic. There's lots of opinion. But I think we all agree diversity is good, but this is not necessarily the right approach. Well, that's what Kempi was saying anyway. 18 away from 8. Back talking Black Ferns after this. 
13 minutes away from 8 o'clock. Yesterday is a massive day for 30-odd women who are going to be a part of, 32 women that are going to be a part of, we're trying to make history, go back-to-back, well, win another Rugby World Cup, but this time it's a lot different. The stakes are higher, it's at home, and the North has well and truly caught up in the women's game, hasn't it? Yes, they definitely have. They're leading the way. Just with the competitions, you've got <clears throat> the Six Nations happening over in, over in Europe. You've got England <clears throat> and you've got France leading leading the way there. And then you've got little old New Zealand down here who, well, got a bit of a wake-up call last uh, last summer. Um, back here in New Zealand, November the tour, they went over there and got dominated. So they had to make some changes and they made those changes. And in all honesty... I was a little bit apprehensive, but the changes that I've seen and, and the hype and the one thing I've I've learned from Smithy's inclusion and you get these messages from the girls, is his genuineness with his his love for the game and women's rugby and mate, he is so behind it. And they just love it, like the personnel that are coming in. I've heard stories from Kendra talking about, you know, like he just knows everyone. He knows everyone. You go to a, a place and he knows someone. You've got Dan Carter coming in, that IP that you talk about, Kempe. You've got Richie McCaw going and doing presentations. You've got Kevin Mialamu, one of our greatest uh, ever front rows to do it, going in and helping the front row. So he's bringing that IP and he's putting in some real genuine uh, ideas and, and work into this team. And, mate, I'm super excited. They named the squad yesterday, and when you look at it and you hear um, Wayne Smith's comments about the game that they're trying to play, they, they can't match it with, with the European, the size, the set piece, the scrum that they bring. So they're trying to play a real fast and expensive game, and that is why there's been an inclusion of a, of a lot of the sevens players. And we touched on it yesterday. Wayne Smith's thought process is you need a point of difference. So you need people that are athletes. You know, you think to the times they won the World Cups, they've had players in there that just bring a bit of difference. They might be raw, and they might not have the experience like others, but they bring that X factor. And that one we spoke to the other day, actually, on Monday, Amy Duplessis in the centres. I feel like she is going to have a huge tournament and someone that's got a big future, and that's someone that is uh, going to lead that centre pairing. So no, awesome day yesterday. And on the other side, Louis, I know, on the other side, there's going to be some hearts broken. We touched on it earlier, and uh, later on, I'm just going to share uh, my thoughts on that. It's um, it's a difficult time for many of them. Liz Alda, Eloise Blackwell, Chelsea Simple, and Kelly Brazier, stalwarts that have that have been there before. So yeah, that's sport. We're changing the game because we don't think we can play a traditional game and be successful. That's exactly right, and he will. Mm. He's an innovator. He's the professor. So that is Wayne Smith himself. Let's hear from some of the players who have been around him. Kennedy Simon, co-captain with Ruahe de Mont. Uh, it's a new-look leadership group. We've had signals of this drop throughout the year. You spoke about the pre- just then, Izzy. You name-dropped a couple of the, the previous leaders. Kennedy Simon around being with Smithy. He's just taught us how to see past the ruck, attack the less dense areas of the field, and just the, the fundamentals of rugby. Mm. So there's that sort of innovation you're getting you spoke about. Kendra Cox said she's been around for a while, her fourth World Cup. This youthfulness and the competition that's been brought into the squad. There's certainly some young blood coming through and there's a lot of talent and there's a lot of want. And, you know, I know they're working hard. Um, you know, the squad's been named, but now, you know, as it kind of goes through, the teams are going to get named, you know, the starting 15 and all that. And I just know that everyone's going to be putting their best foot forward and the competition for spots is still really high.
So there's the heartbreak, Izzy. But what about yesterday, Kirsty talking about Renee Whitcliffe and uh, Porsche Woodman? Now there's the other <laughs> side of the heartbreak. Overwhelmed, I guess, in some ways, wasn't really expecting it. Um, could be the last ride. Finish up with FPC. I had so much fun with the Bay, but um, we'll see what happens when we get out on the field. So a little low-key retirement from FPC from Renee Whitcliffe there. And then the last one, Kempi. Everybody thinks about this when you're talking World Cups and selections. Really give them my appreciation you know, for, for what they've done for the game. And don't give up because there might be a Stephen Donald moment you never know, in the World Cup. <laughs> exactly, and exactly. And I know that's what you're going to talk about, Izzy, when you come here, but uh, come, come at us with that thought. But you're dead right, like the, the, the heartbreak um, of missing out on the team, you can mate. Takes a couple of days to get over that, um, definitely. But I'm pretty sure they'll come in. A couple of couple of takeaways from that. The first thing, my coach Alan McMahon, when I first played league for Newcastle, my very first game, called me into a video session the, the next day, and he said, "I want to show you something down the short side. Down the short side, you look where you're standing." He showed me a video. It was an old VHS video, and he said, "Have a look what's in front of you." And I looked up, and there was no one standing there, and it was on the last tackle. And he said, what do you do next time? I said, mate, give me that ball. You know what I mean? So Wayne Smith and the fundamentals, he can change the way these girls look at the game. Mate, honestly, and that's what he does. He makes you look differently. You think there's no space, but <clears throat> you look beyond and you can find separate places. Honestly, I, I was going to just say something from the heart, but I'll read the message that I've, I've sent. I said, hey, my mate, no need to message back. Just send his support to you. Sport can be so cruel. But keep your head up. Honestly, I missed selection in 2015 for the World Cup. And I thought I was done. I hated the world. But then I bit the bullet, went away, came back and if and carved up. I can see you doing the same. Keep your head up, my mm. mate. Much love. And, and that's the message that these girls need to, to, to have because you think it's all over. You think, you know, you, everyone's looking at you differently. But honestly, stay ready because your opportunity will come. And when you come again... You will take that opportunity and you will become, this will make you a better player. Yeah, that's beautiful, is he? And I, I, look, I remember the same thing happened. It wasn't World Cup. The old, old man said the same thing. Just keep your head up. Yeah, awesome words, boys. I love that from you. Is he reaching out, always giving back? Six away from eight. What do you make of this World Cup squad? Can they do it? What were your observations? Wayne Smith, the professor, has he got the right sample of players in there? Double eight, double three. Coming up to 8am this morning, a couple of texts we've got here. I'd love to see a new card, a player gets sent off and they can't return that game. However, mm. the coach can use a sub to bring a player on, leaving it at 13-13, but 16-17 with the offending team having wasted a substitution. That's from Chris Kempe. Yeah, look, I, I'll just say it again. You have to account for the coaches. So if you can make a coach think that he's going to lose something, mate, they will not do it. They will not do it. But if they think they can get one over you, then you're going to have to change the rule again next year. Yeah, beautiful. Keep those messages coming through. Temper Bed Post text machine, double eight, double three. Loving your input today. Reminder, they are women, not girls. Sorry, honey. Sorry, honey. I've seen you fight for life. Ooh, don't want to get on the wrong side of you. Clip <laughs> my ears. <laughs> Appreciate you tuning in. Yeah, the Black Furs women's team was announced yesterday. How good. Coming up. Graham Bashup, legendary all-pack halfway. Here's Aroha half the news for Kubota. Together, we're shaping and building New Zealand. Shop the Chemist Warehouse Spring Frenzy Sale and find up to half price of Neutralife and Good Health Vitamins. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. This is Izzy and Kempe for breakfast on SENZ.
Atamarie, good morning. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SCNZ Wednesday, the 14th of September, and it's just after 8 o'clock. Time flies. Having so much fun on this show and just having some real solid conversations and loving your input. Look us a message throughout the show. Double eight, double three. There's one here talking about New Zealand sporting icon. Scott Dixon is the most underrated sports star in New Zealand history. What he has achieved in IndyCar far surpasses any motorsport athlete New Zealand has produced. It is from an unknown Texan. Scott Dixon, yes, six IndyCar championships and uh, coming close to his seventh. Coming back, he's still got the hunger and drive. You've got to remember, you got Scotty McLaughlin chomping at his heels. What about Colin McRae? Mm. Colin McRae. The original, the, great... o, the original OG on PlayStation. Oh, yeah. What a game. What a game. Colin McRae rally. Used to battle that out with the brothers. Yeah, fish out there, Kempe. A lot of motorsport legends coming through. Might have a few with Liam Lawson. Is he going to get in the F1? Is he going to be doing some great things over there? We'll soon see. But big hour coming up. We're going to talk to Mike McRoberts later in the show about his journey back into Te Reo Māori and his identity. But right now, we're going to talk some rugby. The Wallabies might have had to accept the Blitterslow Blues over the last couple of decades, whilst the All Blacks have been at the peak of their powers. But it's worth noting, it hasn't always been that way. Actually, the last time the Blitterslow was played as a midweek fixture was 1994, and in those days, the Aussies were more than dangerous. Wilson and Smith. A truly outstanding game. Sweet revenge for Australia. The cup for Phil Kearns. And the Wallabies still number one in the world, despite the All Blacks' resilience and passion. I don't know about the commentary. I just watched the replay before, and man, there was some one-eyed commentary in that. Anyway, so 28 <laughs> years on, can the Wallabies possibly muster the spirit of their famous 90 side? Would be brave to write them completely off. Graham Bishop was there in Sydney back in 94, known for a rocket pass. He had a great career for the All Blacks before heading off as one of the earliest Kiwi pioneers to ply their trade in Japan. He's with us on the line now. Morning, Graham. Good morning. The memories come flooding back when you heard that audio. We obviously had to play that that little uh, moment at the end of the game when Goldie Wilson, the great one, gets it, knock, knocks it on over the line, mate. Did you rip into him after that? Oh, not really. I think cause, because he played so well and lost, but you know, it was just just the way it went. And but it was a, it was a great game to be involved in, and a long time ago, so it's hard to remember a lot of the stuff that went on. But yeah. <laughs> Mate, what, what were the memories? Like you just said, it was a long time ago, but there'd be surely some memories. It was a back and forth game, 2016, the final score. But, mate, what were the memories? And what was it like playing a midweek test? We've obviously got one tomorrow night. I don't think the... Um, well, when you're playing the Wallabies, it doesn't really matter what day you're playing them. But the biggest thing I, I remember was preparing for a night match because we played all our tests in the afternoon. So just preparing for a night match, you know, if you go through, you, you know, you have to go through the day and try and fill in the day. So that was the biggest yeah. thing for a lot of the guys. Hey, Graham, what uh, what made that Aus- Australian side so good? Well, I think it was the start of, 
uh, when they won the 91 World Cup when we had guys like um, Horan and Little would, were just coming on back then and then and then right up to 94, that's when they had a lot of experience in the team. and um, So they were probably at, at their peak. And then in 95, 95 World Cup, they dropped off. So And that's where we, we were just starting to build. And I think the end of that 94 season was the beginning of what you saw in 95 as, as a style of rugby wanted to play. And that's why... The game was um, pretty pretty fast, and um, we wanted to play play to our, our strengths, and that was giving the backs quick ball, front foot ball. Mm. Mate, you played 31 games for New Zealand, the All Blacks. You've played a ton of rugby, but what is it? What is it about the Splitterslow Cup? You know, what, why is the Splitterslow Cup so revered? And what were your memories of that? It was a tough time. Obviously, for for the ninety All Blacks, it was you know Aussie were dominating and they held the trophy for so long. I just think it's just the history of the two countries, and I, I think you know because they're our neighbours, and it's always been been like that. And um, yeah, it's just and and the Blues logo goes back a long way, so it's just um, you just don't want to want to give it away. Yeah. No, no, we don't, mate. they have obviously playing, and I enjoy drinking out of it. I enjoy drinking out of it. Oh dear. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Jeez, I hope, hope they've uh, hope they've cleaned that big thing out. Hey, so yeah, they're playing. They're playing an Aussie game. What are, what is it about playing Aussie and Aussie? What's the crowd like? What, what do you remember about that? Oh, as you know, there's there's a lot of Kiwis there, so it's um, it's it's always very vocal, and well, back then. You know, there's always a sellout crowd, and it's just very vocal. And, and but the support on both you know, both sides, the support for the keys is you know pretty strong as well. So it's just a really great atmosphere to play in. And Mate, what do you think of this this current crop? What do you think of this current All Black side? We're going to touch on it. Um, obviously, we've had good games, we've had bad games. Are you confident we can go over there tomorrow night and get the job done, or are you a little bit wary like many? Well, the competition's been pretty tight. So I, I think, um, you know, it's anyone's game. I, I, I hope the All Blacks get up and win, you know, get get those two wins behind their belt, you know, they've been looking for. So I, I, I just think it's the, the competition's really tight and it's, it's good to see, really. And and I think we've got the players there. It's just now we know what's going forward to the World Cup. You know, just got to let the guys do their thing and see how it plays out. One man that's doing their thing, mate. One man that's doing Aaron Smith. He's obviously our most capped halfback of all time. Has he got plenty of juice left in the tank for old Smith? And what have you made of his career so far, Graham, a fellow halfback? Oh, he's been outstanding for the for the jersey. And, you know, you, you can see his experience in shining through. But, you know, he, and he's um, he's probably near the, getting near the end of his career. You know, he's, um, what, in his early 30s? But he's, he's, you know, he's still proven that he's 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 one of the best in the world, and it's good to see he's got some young guys coming behind him that can um, do the job as well. Hey, Graham, you've probably been asked this question a thousand times, and and being an ex five eight, what what do you think the All Blacks have to do to win this game? I just think it's like nothing's really changed. You just got to win those collisions up front, you know, get front football, and and then let, let, let the backs, you know, do their thing. If, if yeah, that doesn't happen, you know, it's, it's, it's just nothing changes really. You just got to make your tackles. 
just win your collisions in, in front football. Yeah, nail the basics. Really, that old adage, <laughs> nail the basics and you'll go a long way to winning winning the game. Hey, hey, Grant, do, do you look back at your career, looking at back at your career, how tricky of a call was it to head offshore to Japan at that time? Did you really want to be a part of that 96 side to go back to Africa? Yeah, that's probably one regret I had, but I'd, I'd already signed a contract in Japan in 94 and um, the, the, the club over there was, was very good to me, so you know, I just wanted to honour that. But I, I, I knew deep down that the boys would go back and win that win that um, series just because we had unfinished business. Yeah, I know John Hart. Sorry. John Hart was doing the, as all he can to try and get you back. He went to try and get a sign off, but New Zealand Rugby said no. So you had to stay over there, and I was reading you just cruising around with the Senex president playing uh, golf and enjoying the life. So you weren't doing too bad, mate. What was the reception like being an early pioneer playing overseas and, and representing Japan? Well, when, when I first went, we didn't even have a training field, so the company we went to was just starting up, so it was 94. So we were training, going from a World Cup, 95, to to something completely different, and that's, that was a challenge for me, just very different. And uh, and rare going to Japan, uh, playing for Japan, no, that was great. You know, I enjoyed the way the Japanese played, the, the fast style of game, and you know, it, suits, it suited me, so it was it was good to go and go on tour again and, re- and represent another country, which was um, a bonus. Well, that yen would have been really strong back then too, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> You're probably stronger today. Uh, yeah. Hey, uh, uh, quickly, before we let you go there, Graham, what, what are you doing these days? Are you still building? Yeah, just myself and my son here. We're just um, cruising around in Christchurch, doing a few jobs here and there, which is... Um, the fun. Do you know how to fix swimming pools? <laughs> <laughs> nah, I keep right away from those. Leaky ones. Yeah, stay away, mate. Yeah, that, uh, this one's leaky for sure, mate. We, bit of water. We've had a bit of water here in Ototahi Christchurch. Mate, Graham Bastrop, we're going to let you go, mate. I appreciate your time. No doubt you're just having a wee smoko while your son's doing all the hard work. That's what good bosses do. So thank you so much for joining us. Cheers. Thanks a lot, guys. Cheers. There is Graham Bishop, man of uh, a few words, but man, when he was on that field, he did it all. And just one of the early, well, pioneers of, of players departing for Japan. And now it's just the norm. Back then it wasn't the norm, but beautiful pass. Beautiful player and did some, yeah, some great silky. things in the black jersey. 31 so, times. And they represented Japan nine times. Mm. Oh, we crazy, crazy to think that's what that era was, and yeah, one of the earliest guys to go to Japan and play, um, really just head offshore and make a career for himself. I was looking, I've lost the page, but I had up this morning uh, his family tree, and obviously Stephen Bishop uh, was playing in that game as well outside him, but then there's the Bishop uh, Garden Bishop boys. I think they're his nephews. I think they are related. And yeah, yeah. So there's a, a real kind of bashup is a, a really special name in New Zealand rugby. Mm. They go wide and far. Yeah, and uh, yeah, this I, I remember them just being silky smooth. You know, tough when they needed to get get their heads in there. But, the, but that team, I remember back then, that was just on that cusp of them getting onto something really, really good. Um, Walter, 
was in that side. Correct. Walter Little. Yep. And mate, one of Buncy, the yep. one of the best players. Like I got to play a little bit of football with Walter at the end of my career. Went back and played a bit of rugby. Mate, I wish that guy played rugby league. He he played outside me in a game, a game of tens, uh, rugby tens, and he hit holes like one of the best centres I've ever played with. You know what I mean? I, I just remember looking at him going. But you were in the wrong game. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to poach. They had Johnny Timu on the wing in 94 as well. Yeah, Johnny Timu, good Lindisfarne product. Oh. And, uh, yeah, yeah, he went to Lindisfarne. He scored most points in a season. I was chasing him down, didn't even get close. And I kicked goals, he didn't. Good dreads. Uh, you guys weren't scoring <laughs> enough tries. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't scoring enough tries. Mate, um, yeah, just one of the great teams. Eh? You think back then, I was watching um, the highlights. Well, I was only like five years of age, so I can't really remember. So I had to go recollect and re, re, uh, just rewatch the game and just seeing some greats. You know, Shane Howarth running from the fullback, scored a wonderful try. Then you got Goldie. Then you've got Michael Jones. And that was that commentary I was talking about. Forward pass. That's a forward pass, mate. It was way back by a mile, you one-eyed <laughs> Aussies. Did you see um, that the first play of the game, they stuck the big offensive bomb up, the big attacking yeah. and poor Shane Howell out jumped on his line. Uh, you knew then it was going to be a strange old game. Uh, come through with your memories, double eight, double three, the last midweek Bledisloe test. Chris says, I still remember the rugby training after that 94 game. First thing done was try scoring technique, not doing wow. a Hollywood with your arms outstretched so the opposition could knock it out of your hands. <laughs> That is old school. Get on the line and practice putting the ball down. Oh, man. I can only imagine. I can only imagine them doing that for sure. Oh, Gregan. Yeah, classic. Well, look, the Wallabies will have their tails up. Tomorrow at about 25 minutes past seven, we're going to go inside the Wallabies changing room with Dave Rennie, a.k.a. Dave Kempe. And he's going to be giving us the theme. Have you got it sorted, Kimpy? I think so. I think I've got something sorted for you Aussies tomorrow. You're going to get out there and win this cup for us and bring it back. Bring it back to where it belongs. Oh, mate, here's me thinking you got Dave Rennie. I'm like, oh, have you? How good is that? Good on you. Like, yeah, Dave Rennie. And then I'll be, oh, it's Dave Kempe. Oh, okay. That's close. That's close. Similar. Similar. I can, I can see the resemblance. Yep. Yep. Well, why not? Well, both right on both terrifying and both will be able to. <laughs> just just on that, the squad. The squad that uh, Australia has named. They've got a ton of injury, a ton of quality players that are out. You've got Bernard Foley taking the 10 position. That gives me confidence because Bernard has had zero success against the All Blacks. <laughs> Someone that has played 10 plenty of times has had zero success against the ABs. Great player, but just hasn't been able to get uh, the job done for the Wallers of Australia. Say, say it. it. Say it. We're going to pump them. Well, say it. We're going to pump them. Nah, I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it. But I'm not going to say it. We're, we're going to win. We're going to win, but uh, it's, it's going to be a good game. Late game, though, Thursday. We've got work Friday, so we can't be up too late, but I am going to watch it all. Yeah, we'll kick through. Hey, can you ask um, a bit of homework for you today? Can you can you just have a little word to skip on the on the track today, on the golf track? Yeah. You just say, mate, what do they need to do? What are you thinking? Then relay us some messages tomorrow. Should I just put my, my broken phone in my pocket on record, eh? 
<laughs> a real journo. Don't do that because he'll never trust us ever again. But it would be good to know what what Richie's thinking. And he's yeah, I'll have course, a chat to him about him. He's the about new. He's on the. He's one of the new directors for the new uh, NZR commercial board, mm. right? Mm. Yeah, yeah. He's he's on the board, and um, yeah, he'll have a real good insight. Someone that's played Australia ton, uh, Australia a ton of times, and. He's been on either side. Yeah, he'll have a real understanding of this this current crop and where they're at. So, I'll I'll get some quotes, Allah, from the one and only Richie McCall for no, tomorrow. Wonderful, is he? Can't I might fly. Make, can't I, might, fly. I, might, I might make them up. I might make them up, but you won't know, so it doesn't matter. That's exactly right. We will never know. <laughs> and you can't fly helicopters today because the weather's so bad down there. So it's no, no, it's sleeting, good, boys. It's blue sleeting. skies. Look. No, no, Tim's wrong, mate. It's perfect. I've got blue skies outside. So, Timmy, that was an hour ago. Things can change in now, but I'm flying. Birdie galore. Yeah, helicopters only. <laughs> Landing pads. 20 minutes past eight here with Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. That was Graham Bashett, part of that 94 Side, keep your messages steaming on a double eight double three. We'll get you know, to those after this, as well as Paulie Mawadi, tab.co.nz. I better send Izzy that multi. 26 past eight this morning. Plenty of texts coming through on double eight double three, including Dave Morning Men Kempi. Did Timu go play for the doggies? And Paul Cork, is he? Was he from Linda's Farm or Hastings Boys? ABs win by 20 or 30 points. Paul Cook. Um, yeah, I can't remember him going to Lindisfarne, so probably Hastings Boys. Yeah, I know. Yeah, no, I don't know. Paul Cook. No, sorry. Sorry, Dave, but 20 or 30 points. Yeah. I can see that happening. If uh, if the All Blacks get their get their roll on and get their back up, man, it could be a blowout. I don't know what's going to happen. The Wallabies could win. Who would know? Paulie Mighty, tab.co.nz. You've got a lead on where the money's going. Uh, that's right, Louis, and it's fairly evenly spread uh, over both the All Blacks and the Wallabies in that match result uh, market. Um, so, yeah, uh, currently we've got uh, the All Blacks still at a dollar twenty-seven, the Wallabies at three dollars and seventy cents. Uh, don't forget, we've got a bonus back promotion on this match as well, and the best selected uh, option. In that market is the All Blacks to win by one to twelve at two dollars and eighty cents. Mm. Yep, I think that's I think that's probably about right, don't you think, Paulie? You take it? Are you taking yeah, much? What about the guy? Is he trying to get it back? The, the guy who lost his money on Denver yesterday. What about the ten grand on. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, he he would have been, uh, I guess, in that final drive by Denver. Um, he wouldn't have been happy with a number of the decisions that the coaching uh, group made on the Denver Broncos side because, boy, did they go conservative um, and settle for a 64-yard attempt. That's so that's just ridiculous. Th- that would have been the second longest in NFL history instead of trying to get Russell Wilson, who you've just paid whatever it was, a gazillion dollars, five yards. Craziness. It, 100% couldn't agree more. Uh, but I'm having a look at tonight's MPC match between Waikato and Southland and it's one-way traffic in this match here. Uh, just about every man and his dog wants Waikato. <laughs> uh, we've Including taken 15,000... <laughs> oh, is this your $15,000 bet? That's it. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, on Waikato to win at a dollar sixteen. Fifteen thousand on Waikato at a dollar sixteen to win that match. So... There, there's a lot of support out there for the Mulu. Of course, they're un, undefeated. 
what are these people doing? It's 15 grand. What is that return? Like, how much is that going to get back? About two about grand? Two, two and a bit. Yeah. Well, I guess, <laughs> I guess, if, I guess if you've got it, <laughs> I guess if, if you've got it. Right. That's a sure bet, though. That's a sure bet. That's oh, a sure oh, bet. Like boy. I'm flying at the moment. Oh, <laughs> oh, I remember, I remember Louis saying them? last season. Have I stopped them? Zaki was a sure bet. <laughs> That's why they. That's why they call it. That's why they call it betting, not collecting. We, uh, oh. Paulie, we've all had terms being the terms being the stopper. It was me with Zaki, then it was Izzy just for about six months, and now it's Kempi who said Imperatrice would never ever lose again. And then yesterday he said the same thing about Animo, the poor bastard. Oh no! Oh no! Wow! Cut it I, out, I think the boys, the boys might boost the odds on that. Animo now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> put him up there at 10 bucks. It won't matter. He can't win. <laughs> Do you know what I've done there? Do you know what I've done there? I've gone out and tipped Waikato. They're going to get a lose now. <laughs> <laughs> Southland. All right, Paulie. Download the TAB app now to get involved with all of those markets. Uh, Grant to Melbourne says the Aussie commentary hasn't changed to this day. Mark says it's beautiful down here now. He's gonna, You guys are going to enjoy the golf course. And we've got a message from Jeff the ref we'll get to a wee bit later. But after... Uh, the news with Aroha for Kubota together with Shaping and Building New Zealand Love Racing.nz we'll throw a couple out there then it'll be off to Mike McRoberts Right 27 and a half away from 9 this morning Love Racing.nz is your home for everything thoroughbred racing it's where I go to do all my uh, form Watch all the race replays. Try not to have a bit without watching the race replays of the horse that's trialed or started last start. It's a good habit to get into. Just make sure that you don't spot anything you don't like. Today, they're racing at Rickerton and the Cambridge Synthetic. Wednesday meetings. And, uh, boys, I'm pretty happy with what I'm seeing from the short price favourites. Typically, I'm wary on these synthetics, but I think at this time of year now, we're starting to get the ones coming back that... Are a little bit more reliable. I say that now, but I, I am also still wary. Looking at Rickerton, they've got the Tiako runners back at the races that won on the synthetic, was it two Wednesdays ago? And they're short for a reason. I just think Illicit Miss in race seven from Barrier One with Joe Cameroon, and yes, it goes up a grade, but it gets Barrier One. And it's not outweighted by any means in this race. There's not anything that it's giving, let's say, you know, six or seven kgs. I think Illicit Miss is a good bet in the last race, the NZB Insurance Pearls Series race, race seven. And true to form, I really do think that in race number five, Bella the Ball will just be winning again. She's got a wider barrier than she had. But remember, she came from that really nice form race at Topor with Savvy 2. And Miss Illicit, actually. Um, so I do think the Bell of the Ball, although $1.75 into $1.65 this morning, it's short enough, but I think she'll be winning. So there are two I like at Rickenden, bouncing up to Cambridge Synthetic. And this is where it starts getting a little bit nerve-wracking because surely not all these short price favourites can just win. But in race number three... For the first start for uh, Roger James and Robert Wellwood, uh, Prowess, this preparation, Prowess is back at the races, the Prosier filly. 
Now, Prasir's obviously been doing a super job uh, in the weekend with Dark Destroyer. We know that Levante is just... Well, she's lightning, and Prowess won her only two-year-old start. She comes and finds herself a field here that is pretty much hers at the mercy, I think. I read that Roger James actually thought about starting her in the, the black-type race, the gold trail at Hastings, but they just didn't want to take it out of her on a heavy track, so she's at the Cambridge Synthetic. She's got to start her campaign somewhere, but if you think she's going to be competitive in the gold trail in a group race on a Saturday... Well, she should be putting this field away at a dollar sixty, and then in race number six, Westwood, another filly. Well, she might be a mare now. Let me double check. Yeah, no, she is a filly still, of course. Charm Spirit Westwood um, for Andrew Forsman, Alan Nicholas claiming all the way down to fifty-two and a half. Uh, she showed great promise in her two-year-old campaign. Ran behind some really nice types into sixty-five with the lightweight, with a good even draw. Westwood race number six. Number what about seven. that one power? One power won well last time. Number four. Yeah, one look, power, one, one, we've, we've given one power a, a good amount of chances. Yeah. Um, like, I think the weight difference here, and I do think Westwood might might just be a better filly than one power at the moment. Well, one power's not a filly to start with, but I do think Westwood is... I'd, I'd have the wood on Westwood here, and the money threes to 240. Oh, I think that that's probably a good enough indication from that stable that they reckon Westwood's ready to have a good race. There you go, eh? So my $50 TAB bonus bet that I won yesterday is going in that. Thank you, Louis. So just to go through that again, Illicit Miss Race 7, Rickerton, Bell of the Ball Race 5, Rickerton, Westwood Race 6 at Cambridge, and Prowess Race 3. Very short price favourites, so no no doubt I'll be ridiculed if they all get beaten tomorrow, and I'll be here for it, fronting up as always. 24 away from 9, loveracing.nz. Kempi, after this, we're going to catch up with Mike McRoberts. He's gone on his own today mm. journey. It's Doco aired on TV3 last night. Pretty cool. Pretty special for oh, him. Awesome. Yeah, can't wait to talk to him, have a call at all about uh, his experience through that journey. He said, uh, you know, the floodgates opened. I know exactly what he's talking about because there's uh, mata, the tears just flow once you go back on that journey. Uh, looking forward to that. We'll talk to Mike after this. I felt really proud to do so. But I felt really anxious about it because I'm Māori and I didn't have to I would sit up the back of the studio going over and over and over in my mind the vowel sounds. It was terrifying. Wow, powerful stuff. That's the voice many of you will know and have in your living rooms each evening at 6pm. Mike McRoberts. Last night, Mike's documentary, Kia Good Evening, aired on 3 and 3 now. It follows his journey of incorporating tikanga and te reo into his everyday life. Obviously, excellent timing with Tewiki or te reo Māori, and the great man is on the line with us now. Pai ki te mat- uh, takitaki o hairangi i te reo Māori, e hoa, aku mihi ki aku i, te, oh, i tō kōrero i te atanei, ki a mātou whānau o SENZ, kia ora, kia ora. Mōrena, good to hear from you, Mike. How are you? Kia ora, as it can be, and Louise, thank you so much for that. Um, boy, I, I, I had, uh, you know, I was pretty nervous because <laughs> I was pretty out there with the, with the documentary, but um, I felt like I, I needed to be genuine and, and authentic and, and honest about, you know, the, the battles I've had with it and what it meant. And, um, 
and it and just in the feedback I've had uh, today, it's been incredible. So uh, I'm glad it's resonated with uh, with some people out there. Yeah, kia ora, Mike Izzy here, mate. Appreciate to have, appreciate to have you on the show, um, mate. For someone like myself, um, what would be the bit of advice to to offer? Um, you know, I've constantly been thinking about it, but I've always been told you'll know when you're ready. But piece of advice you'd offer to young people out there that are are thinking about um, doing going on their own journey? Um, yeah, look, I, I I think there is something in that you'll know when you're ready. But you know, it's it's, it's like anything. Um, the, the sooner you start, the sooner you are ready. You know, so um, and then it's and then it's tidy tunnel. It's it's keep going. You know, it's because um, it'll be tough. You know, we we have this expectation, particularly Māori, that it's going to be easy or that it should come naturally. But it's it it, it doesn't. It's it's hard work. It's hard money. And um, but you just get so much out of it. You know, and uh, I think that's the thing that I've found the most. And, and you guys will appreciate this. You know. I, at times, mana can feel like a very tenuous thing, and you know, some days you feel like you have so much of it, and at other times, and for me, it was around the language, I felt completely bereft of it. So, to have this opportunity to to get that balance in my life has been um, it's been amazing. Um, you know, like the the tears flow when you're talking about trauma in my language, my identity. Take us through that. Yeah, it, it runs deep. Um, and I, I didn't actually appreciate just how deep it, it ran until I, until I started um, doing the documentary. Because it's one thing to learn, then it's another thing to, uh, to put it out there for everyone to see. But um, it, just, it just means so much. And I think that's part of the, the language trauma. Of, you know, seeing the documentary, you know, my father had um, Padil strapped out of him at school. You know, when I grew up, my generation was told it was a worthless language and there was no point in learning it and so you're dealing with all of that as you start learning and um and, and even just and even just to begin you, you kind of face an uphill battle and and one of the one of the more heartbreaking things i've found doing uh, stories for to which over the years has been talking to tutors and and local, um, teachers and they say the first ones to drop out of their classes, their tutorial classes, are, are often Māori because of that expectation they have, because of the pressure they feel, and and that's got to stop. You know, we, we've got to embrace learning the lang- language, particularly for Māori, and that's what I was hoping non-Māori would see in my documentary was just what it means to us, why it's so important for us to speak it, and and also how hard it is. Give us a break. <laughs> Mike, well, your timing, Mike, yeah. couldn't have been any better because on this very special today, te, te, uh, te, te Ranginei, the 50th anniversary of the handing of the Māori language mm-hmm. petition to Parliament um, should be remembered and, and that struggle to, uh, still continues. Kia kaha tātou i te kōrero i te Māori. Um, how important is it to get it in schools these days? I... I my personal opinion is that it should be compulsory in primary schools, and I know there's issues around that in terms of resourcing it, but, you know, make the decision, we'll find a way. Um, because I think it's important for every child in New Zealand, in Aotearoa, to know how to speak Māori correctly, even if it's just to, to speak, uh, pronounce place names correctly. You know, that's, it's a, a huge mark of respect that we just haven't had over the years. 
And and that's that's what I want to see. And and you're actually seeing in, in generations now anyway. Um, you go to kindergartens and and primary schools, and they're learning their own pepeha. And you know, this is Māori and non Māori, and that's wonderful. But you know, I, I I think we should embrace it as as a nation and and have it as a compulsory language at primary school. What have you loved about your journey, Mike? What is one thing that you've really got a real appreciation of, of where you come from? So the journey, they say it's a long one, and, and you never come, you never finish your journey until you pass on into the next life. But for your journey, what has been the most appreciative thing? Oh, you, you're so right, Izzy. And, you know, like... Um and, and that was one of the things I loved about doing the documentary is that you know, normally with these kind of things, you're, you're seeing someone at the end of their journey, you know, when they're finishing the, 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 or crossing the finish line of a marathon or an Ironman or something, you know, but I'm, I'm nowhere near the finish. Um, I'm, I'm smack bang in the mid- middle, I think, probably. Uh, and I probably need to go and do um, full immersion lessons to, to carry on and to continue with this, with this journey. But the, the thing that I've loved the most... Um, is this fulfillment I felt within myself. I, I, I started doing the, the documentary and I, I promised myself I was going to be the, my most genuine and authentic self. And then I found that person halfway through and I, I, I really like him. You know, I, um, I, I like everything about him. And, and I love his whānau. <laughs> my whānau has just been amazing. You know, we all grew up in Ōtate uh, and in Christchurch and they had to step out of their comfort zones too to support me on this. When we went back to Wairau and uh, and I did my Faikori role, they had to learn a, a Waiata. And just the way it's brought us together and we've shared in that has just been incredible. It's just, you know, it mm. brings me to tears just talking about it. Um, yeah. Mike. Mm. That's yeah. who you are, you Māori, and be sure. proud of it. Is it true that you're a, a diehard Warriors fan? Yes, yes, yes. Well, you know, I mean, so obviously I grew up in, in Christchurch, so I'm a Crusader supporter, but I've always balanced it out by being a Warriors fan. <laughs> they call that balance. You're only human. That's good balance here. One, you know, I, I, I had the jersey from 1995. In fact, I, I went to the very first game on the, I think it was March the 10th, 1995, and uh, and and never lost that support. Um it's 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 a bit like my thrill journey. It can be very very frustrating at times, but I'm there. <laughs> and you're always there. Keep the faith. Keep the faith. Aku mihi ki aku e moto kore roi tatanei e mata o Izzy me and uh, all of our Fano on SENZ. Mike, thanks for joining us this morning. So proud. Yeah, well done. So right. proud, mate. Thank you. There we have it, Mike McRoberts. We all know who Mike Thanks, McRoberts Mike. is. He needs no introduction to put yourself nah. out there, is he? You know, when I read that story and followed his journey, uh, one thing that I can I can assure you: once you t- uh, take the journey of um, regaining your language, you will shed many tears. You will shed many tears I because you do find out who you are. I can resonate with him when you're saying you sit at the back of the room and and you know the whole. You are Māori, you know, you've got Māori roots going through you, but the reality is you're, you're embarrassed because you don't know who you are, so you go stand at the back of the room. You know, we could all say kia ora, kia te pia, kue, ka pai, you know, just the ones that were, uh, that were bred into us from early age, but you still have that, um, you know, that you're just still so anxious about mm. it and you just 
you don't want to let people down and yeah it's it's a difficult one and um I guess you've just got to commit and like like everything with myself I'm half pie Harry oh, yeah, half I've commit, seen half you note. I've seen you on your journey bro I've seen you on your journey it's going to happen so mm. when it's when you're ready it'll happen uh, uh, uncle you you're very um you know you're really immersed into the Maori culture and you've obviously got a real understanding is it something that you've grew up with was it something that you Started? Did you go full, uh, fully immerse yourself in, in Maori language? Did you go learn it at, at somewhere, or was it just well, part yeah, of your I, mate, when I up? when I when I moved from the north to Taranaki, I only spoke Maori, and I was on it. But I was I was uh, seven when I moved down there, and I remember going into school, primary school, and went, Who, "Who's these flash fellas? What language are they talking?" Which was mm. Pakeha. and of course yeah. we moved down away from where we were talking Maori all the time, and I lost it. My mum stopped talking to us in Maori, so it's just been a a journey after all these years, these sport years of getting back into to the roots and and understanding my culture and the languages. You know, it's the the rangatira, mate. Uh, um, itareo, Māori. It's the top of the the tree for me. Is just to to be able to to call it Māori to to all my friends and, and all my whanau. So uh, your day yes. will come, Izzy. Don't worry about that. Te wiki o te reo Māori uh, language week, of course, is this week. Um, if you could. Yeah, if you if you're interested and you want to find that documentary, Mike McRoberts' journey, go to three. I'm sure you'll be able to track it down online somewhere. It's been getting rave reviews this morning, as Mike said. Lots of people reaching out to him. Great to have him on the show. He is in our he's in our living rooms at six p.m. each night, isn't he? So good to hear his voice <laughs> on the AM frequencies of SCNZ. Smithy, good to hear his voice on the AM frequencies. Back after this. Is he back? Sorry about the noise. My neighbour's sanding his deck. My motto: Don't work on your deck. Play on it. Life's good with a Trex deck. Low maintenance with a 25-year residential warranty. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.